G'day, and welcome to AOS Coach. General's Handbook 2021 has thrown some serious questions in my list building process, and I'm starting to question the importance of having monsters in my army. So in this video, I'm going to look at the value of monsters in 3rd edition Age of Sigma, and I'm going to pose some reasons why you might want to include them in your army, but also show the counter argument on why you wouldn't want to have them in your army. And I'd love to hear from you in the comment section where you stand when it comes to including monsters in your army. So why this video and why now? 3rd edition has added some really interesting rules when it comes to monsters. They now count as multiple models against an objective, they have gained additional rules like the monstrous rampage, and they are actively involved in victory point scoring in the battle packs. And you can find more, more about these topics on a video on the channel if you want a deeper dive. So let's look at why you might or might not want to include monsters in your army list. Let's start off with yes. Why do I want to include monsters in my army? Well, there's a couple of really good reasons. First off, when it comes to objectives, they count as more models onto an objective. In the past, they just counted as one, but now in third edition, they count as five models if they have the monster keyword. Now, if you are a Sons of Behemoth or a Ogre Moor tribe, they count as more because uh, they're in your allegiance abilities. But things like your Hydra, your Cockatrice, um, your... Uh, a deepkin turtle, everything that is a monster that's not obviously more tribes or sons is going to count as five models towards an objective. And when you add that to them having larger bases, think about a, a more crusher. A more crusher has such a large base that with that large part, almost like pie plate, you can kind of sit on top of an objective and really deny your opponent from getting on and scoring or putting on as many models as they want. And you can actually deny your opponent from scoring off the objective. So not only will it help you claim an objective, but they will also help you deny an objective. So really good there. When it comes to things like battle tactics, your battle tactics are going to give you additional victory points when you have a monster in them. So when you look at your General's Handbook 2021, each battle tactic is worth two victory points if you uh, complete the condition that you choose. Now, a lot of them have additional sets of rules that include a monster. Things like Savage Spearhead, Broken Ranks, Slay the Warlord, uh, Ferocious Advance, they all have an interaction with a monster. And if you claim that with the monster, then it'll actually be worth three victory points as opposed to two. So if you have a monster and you're achieving your battle tactics versus your opponent who doesn't, um, those additional victory points could be the difference between winning, losing, or drawing. So um, very helpful when it comes to your battle tactics. They are individual models, and why that's important is because of coherency rules and how coherency plays in 3rd edition. So the good news being usually single models, yes, I know there are a couple of monster units, Gargants, baby gargants, I'm looking at you. But outside of those baby gargants, um, you don't really have to worry about having coherency. They are normally single models, which means that not only can they move around independently, they can also not have to worry about taking Battleshock tests to see if they flee. Um, so again, you know, very interesting. And, you know, you let them let them free, let them roam, do their thing. And it combines really nicely with a new set of rules in third edition called Monstrous Rampage, where at the end of the charge phase, you can activate one of four different particular rules for the Monstrous Rampage. 
Some of the ones that will probably be most popular to you will be things like Raw, where on a 3+, plus, um, the unit that you're roaring at can't issue or receive a command, which is going to be great to stop some of those high synergies. Um, things like Raw, things like Stomp, de- dealing some mortal wounds uh, on units that aren't a monster. Those monstrous rampage rules, in addition to the battle tactics, the individual models, the objective... Then add to the fact that if your monster is also a hero, let's say a vampire lord on zombie dragon, a um, a frost lord on a stonehorn or a thunder tusk, or something like a mega boss on a more crusher, all of these which have the the hero keyword in addition to the monster keyword can use their heroic action in combination with their monstrous rampages. So um, things like using the finest hour, charging in with a, a, a stomp. Um, or being able to heal up your monster monster hero with heroic leadership. Um, all of these things, like heroic recovery, sorry, as well. There's a lot of cool things you can tap into. And the last reason I would talk about with the, with the monsters is things like uh, grand strategies. So each army has to choose a grand strategy in w- along with things like their artifacts and their command abilities and command traits and all that stuff. But with your grand strategy, there is a particular one that you've unlocked called Beastmaster. And um, what I like about Beastmaster, and it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but with the Beastmaster, you know, when the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if you have monsters still on your table. So well, particularly your your army. Um, and where this kind of comes in is, let's say I'm a Flesh Eater Quartz army with a bunch of Terror Geists, or I am an Ogre Moor tribes with all the Stone Horns and Thunder Tusks, or Sons of Behemoth, as I've already mentioned. Or maybe you've got a really super, super durable monster in your army that isn't going to die. You know, you're able to complete this grand strategy if that monster is going to stay on, uh, stay on top of the table. So there's a lot of really cool things that you might want to consider by keeping a monster in your army. But on the other side of the fence, there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to have a monster in your army. Uh, some of the reasons is the fact that, you know, we talked about the benefits of objectives, but on the flip side, monsters only count, only count as five. So if you think about taking a monster that might be 300 or 400 points, if you reinvested those 300 or 400 monster points into, let's say, a battle line unit, I can always guarantee you you're going to have more than five models in that unit. Have a unit of 10, 20, 30 models, depending on if you are reinforcing or double reinforcing. So, you know, you could you could body block and take up more of the objective by having more bodies on the table. It's just that simple. Now, I did mention that the, the 300, 400 odd points, monsters cost a lot of points including a monster in your army, will probably take over 10% of your army. Yes, I know there are some monsters out there that are worth under 100 points. But if you think about investing into a monster, it does mean that you have less bodies on the table. And if you take multiple monsters, it's going to mean that, you know, potentially your battle line, your support heroes, other parts of your army will suffer. Unless you are, again, as I mentioned, a monster build, but we won't go in there. Things like, you know, monsters will always be targeted by your opponent. Nothing puts the fear into an opponent than seeing a big monster across from you, and they just generally draw the attention of your opponents, which 
can be a good thing, but it also can be a bad thing. If people are putting damage into my monster, it means they're ignoring my heroes. It means they're ignoring my spellcasters, my battle line, whatever it might be. So depending on how you see it, good or bad, it will draw a lot of attention. And this is probably where if you're not careful and if you're not supporting your monsters, they will die quickly. So things like having to put on a mystic shield, having to think about things like Emerald Life Swarm to heal them, or maybe to find, as I mentioned, the hero monster being able to heal itself um, using the heroic action. So have a think about the survivability and, and the role that the monster is going to play because it is going to be a primary target from your opponent. When it starts taking damage, it does have a degrading profile too. So as your monster, uh, not every monster, but most monsters have a damage profile that degrades as they are suffering wounds. So when they're suffering wounds, most monsters reduce in their effectiveness, whether it's their attacks, their their movement, uh, their abilities, their to hit or wound, or there's a whole range of things that happen as a monster suffers damage. So when I think about, again, those same points going into a battle line unit, yes, um, I'm losing less models, but their effectiveness normally doesn't uh, degrade as quickly as a monster. So uh, again, keeping that in mind, especially when we talk about mo uh, your opponent, often targeting those um, those monsters. And then finally, you know, there are there is a couple of areas within the realm rule, specifically um, Gur. If you, uh, if you kill a monster, there's uh, a rule called uh, Predatory and Prey, where once per battle round, you score an additional victory point if um, you slay the enemy monster on, in, in, on that battle round. So if you don't have a monster in your army, you deny your opponent from um, scoring that Predatory and Prey. However, when you think about the other side, which was the battle tactics giving you more benefits and more victory points by having a monster it this one is a little bit harder to to justify so but you know predatory and prey yes you're going to deny somebody a victory point however they might have scored a whole bunch through the additional battle tactics so where do I stand with monsters in Age of Sigma? I think there are a lot of reasons for me to to bring in uh, a monster in my army, and there's some reasons not to take a monster. And I think it's going to come down to the allegiance ability and what are the natural options available to you. We are almost, I guarantee you, entering into a season of monsters, and I don't know how long this season will last, but I can expect events and tournaments to be running the General's Handbook Battle Packs, and that means they're going to be providing monsters uh, benefits that you are going to deny if you don't take a monster. If you have access to cheap monsters, I think they're definitely worth including into your list, and it's going to help you claim more victory points. On the, on the other side of the fence, if you've got a hero monster, and we talked a little bit about the, dur the durability and the ability to be able to use heroic actions, to be able to heal itself, to make it more effective, to be able to apply command abilities on itself, just to name a few, I think hero monsters really are the win. If you can find some cheap monsters under 100 points, I think they're also going to be really valuable. But really think about how much you're investing into monsters versus what's it costing you in the trade-off to your battle line, your support heroes, and the other things that you would normally take in your army. 
when I look at one of my armies that I'm currently working on, which is my Daughters of Cain, Daughters of Cain really only have Marathi the Shadow Queen as a good viable monster option. And if I want to get a cheap monster, I have to go look at my allies and they're not going to gain the synergies and the allegiance abilities that um, a monster within Daughters of Cain would get. On the other side, my Gloomspite Gits and my Cities of Sigma, they've got plenty of monster options, both hero monsters and also non-hero monsters. Things like the, the, the Frost or the Flamespire Phoenix, they can be taken with or without a hero. The War Hydra could be used without, um, without a hero. Uh, the Free Guild General on Griffin or the Dreadlord on Black Dragon are really good attacking, uh, monster heroes. And I think, while I reflect on, on on this, I think generally I'm incentivized to take monsters as opposed to avoiding monsters. And I think the taking advantage of those bonus victory points are just going to be too good right now to, to not take up. So um, I would highly recommend looking at your army, looking at ways to include at least one monster and one monster hero. But, you know, as I mentioned, Marathi is a monster hero, probably not someone I want to rely on to be going around scoring some of those objectives because I've got other roles for her. So, you know, is there another monster that can support Marathi? And what am I trading off by taking um, an additional monster that I would normally put into my battle line? But, hey, let me know what you're thinking and where you stand with monsters in your list. And if there is a particular monster that stands out for you, let me know. Let me. I'd love to hear what people are thinking. Um, you know, is it is it the big monsters? Is it something that's small? Is it something as simple as, like I mentioned, a cockatrice? Um, something that's under 100 points that can help score me a couple of VPs? If someone kills my cockatrice, you know, okay, cool, don't care. But if they don't, it means it's running around scoring extra victory points. That's just an example, but I'd love to hear from you where you stand and what monsters you think are a must include in your force. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so link is down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.